Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, November 9th, and we're joined by extra special guest Sam from the Absent Friend Shadowcast. Good evening, good evening. A special intro too, Mm. even. (laughs) It should be before Halloween, but... We wanted to get uh, you it before. It is before next Halloween. It's before. Ne- it's always before Halloween. <laughs> it's always Halloween when well when I'm here, but especially when Sam's here. Of course. <laughs> you were in New York the week before Halloween. I was. You were the first human being I know to have traveled across borders during the, the <laughs> spooky. The spooky. <laughs> oh my god! It was a it was a process. So it cost you a fortune. It cost me a fortune both ways. It was crazy, very confusing, a lot of paperwork. But then when you actually get at the border, none of that really matters. And they're just like, okay, you can go by. I've heard that. My brother yeah. just came from Vancouver, which is not across a border. But nonetheless, he was all ready to go. Yeah. And at the Mayfair, we're doing more to check oh, stuff than airports are doing. 100%. 100%. And that blew my mind. It was, I had to show my passport. But I mean, obviously, crossing yeah. the border. But other than that, yeah, it was cool. So weird. And, you know, New York is a very... There's one or two people. Yeah. You weren't going to Texas or something. It, oh god yeah no no yeah it was an ordeal it was an ordeal but well worth it and you sat in a full capacity broadway i sat show at three full capacity three. broadway Damn. shows you and said maybe he did two but he did three. three yeah and then i did a full capacity off broadway show in a garage and so oh, <laughs> was, that, was it just some guy's house and he's like well we call it off broadway i mean it's well, not wrong well i mean what i do here is off broadway mm. actually it's off off broadway no it's just off Broadway. everything is off broadway mm. yeah off kilter a little bit as well. Like, just a little. Was there, you know, sometimes they have pseudo celebrities in the Broadway show. Was it like that was the, him? Was it the singer? <laughs> it was me. <laughs> was um, it like the singer from Poison as the Phantom or anything ooh, like that? How can we get him? No, actually, now that I'm trying to think, no, they were they were Broadway celebrities, but not real celebrities. When I saw Chicago, <laughs> the the lead was one of the dads from the My Two Dads sitcom. That's so cool. The one who isn't wow. Paul Reiser. Oh, man. Harsh. <laughs> the I more, mean, I guess the more handsome guessed. bearded fellow was the guy. Fancy. Where did you see Chicago? I saw that here. So he was yes. in the touring production yes, of it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh. Well, a lot of the, the main Broadway performers do the, the touring version yeah. at some point. Yeah, no, I didn't. Not that I can think of. But nonetheless, it was a lot of fun. It was yeah. a lot of fun. The chandelier came down. Is it supposed to? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, good lord, what is happening now? First COVID, now this. Now this, my god. Oh, man. But does it come down scary, or is it's it supposed to? But it's it's, it's not like kapow. No. Although it should, be. it really should be. I think in the Las Vegas production of it, because there's like a condensed version in Vegas that takes place in this reconstruction of the Paris Opera House, and I think you have to sign a waiver if you're sitting under what? the chandelier because wow. it comes crashing down and then swings onto the stage but not for the frail-hearted broadway folk unfortunately man that's crazy it's i didn't even know fun. about that i should incorporate that into rocky at some point we, we, yeah. we, we yeah. should get a huge a chandelier like, so yeah. good like a soft one but you know like we yeah we have it rigged pulled over to one of the fake balconies yeah, oh, yeah. i was just thinking that so then you pull something and what would rocky be like some <sighs> something flies across like the rko tower Oh, the RKR mm. Tower Falls, yeah. Or like the fun. old 1950s movies where they had, you know, skeletons on, oh my on clotheslines yeah, yeah. like flying through That'd the crowd. So much Classic fun. William Castle type. That's yeah. my dream. It's doable but impossible where... Oh, here, just close that door. What is happening out there? Marcus is here playing trailers. Oh, God. Uh, I thought that was someone going by outside. I was ghost, like, is it like loud. a news thing or something? Ghosts. Back but, in the 50s, yeah. 
the tingler that's my yeah. dream movie to do and if you look online google it you can actually see the instruction manual that was that's sent it. to projectionists yes of course back then every night at a movie theater was full of every, every single night so what they would do is they would essentially set up joy buzzers on say like five seats hoping that those five seats would be occupied and then at certain times in the movie where vincent price goes the tingler the projectionist presses a button and electrocutes five so people in the fun. crowd that's so much and people fun. scream and then there was another thing where i think essentially a toy on a string but they would put like a stuffed animal sized tingler monster and then some usher would pull it up the aisle and people would yell Freak and faint out. and stuff. Well, wasn't there one with a skeleton specifically yeah. that was like rigged up yeah, above the audience? Where say here it would be, it would, it would be like up in our balcony and it would be on some kind of pull string and it would fly over the house. <laughs> you should do that at some oh, point. Oh my God. God. For every movie to be honest. Absolutely. <laughs> That's so much fun. Well, remember that, the poor sad biopic about the two actresses who hated each other? And they did the movie together. Um, Chicago? No. Or, the, are you talking about the TV series? The TV series. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, a feud. Yeah, feud, that's feud. Betty Davis and uh, Betty Joan, Davis and Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford. Yes. yes, yes, yes. In that miniseries, there's poor Joan Crawford kind of on the heels of that. And they're getting her to do not like one night, no, but so. two or three times a night going to different cinemas because at the time there was a ton of cinemas and she would go up and do a Q&A and then run around with an axe. Yeah. And you can see why she hated the industry at that Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Because she was like, I'm an actor. And she was a classic actress yeah. too for MGM and then that's how she ended her career. Running around a cinema pretending with... to kill people with axes. And what's the name of that movie? I think it was like Straight Jacket. It was after Baby yeah. Jane. It was mm. so funny. Funny. They're so be so better than Trog. 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 I mean, it's a different scale, oh but <laughs> Trog breaks my heart because you see, even though it's fictionalized, you see the biopic, and this woman who was who was not always the easiest person, but nonetheless was a true thespian. Yes. And then she's doing Trog, where she's just doing her own makeup uh, in a trailer in a. Well, it's kind of like Bella Lugosi and uh, yeah. Plan Nine, similar thing. But speaking of all these cinemas around, while I was in New York, in the center of Times Square is the Paramount Cinema, and it's it just uh, like such a blast from the past where these production companies had their chains of cinemas and they would show exclusively their movies. I wonder how that would go down today. I've thought about that, especially now that they have bought. 20th Century Fox, mm -hmm. and do Pixar movies and Marvel movies and Star Wars movies and Fox Searchlight, like Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Disney, it would just be another example of them taking over the world. Of course. And I'm sure there'll be somebody who fights it because there's when a big company does this, there's somebody who steps in and goes like, nope, you're a monopoly. But imagine if Disney, in any city, bought a multiplex that had eight screens. Mm -hmm. At any given time, they could play... Like, as we speak, there's a Marvel movie on screen, there's Eternals, and there's a Spider-Man movie coming. There's a Disney cartoon coming out for Christmas time. And then, yeah, like there's a Wes Anderson movie, which is strangely enough Disney. Disney, of course. All this kind of stuff. And I've, I've been curious about that, because that would basically, it cuts out the middleman, It right? does indeed, entirely. Or they just don't give a percentage. They get to keep all the ticket. Well, was that originally the cause for the failure of these huge studio-owned cinemas? Maybe, yeah. Because it is a complete monopoly, and I'm actually surprised that Disney doesn't have a... I'm waiting for that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Well, yeah. Even the way that they owned actors 
pretty late, like into the 70s. Oh, yeah. And some of the actors like Harrison Ford, I've mm-hmm. heard talking about that, where he was just on the tail of that, of yeah. people saying, we're signing you... That studio system. Forever. Yeah. And... Good news, you got a job. Bad no. news is you're. Ju- it's not this like picking scripts. It's no, like no, no. You're doing this, 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 this. You belong to somebody. And then yes. many, many a gay performer in the day was like, and you're pretending to be married. With yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, or even the straight ones. I mean, everyone was. Yeah. I mean, your life was addicted by these studios, right? Man, and you'd I, be popping pills if they told you to. We screened a documentary that I can't remember the name of right now, but you watch it and you're like, so. Every single person in Hollywood was gay. Yep. And these leading men, these square-jawed leading men who were going to premieres with ladies on their arms and stuff. And it's so sad that they had to live this lie essentially because the powers that be were like, ladies won't like you if... Well, no, and that's how they were making their money, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Tab Hunter was... Yeah. yeah. But he had a fabulous end of career, though, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with... And you, and you see now, it's so nice that you see, you know, we still have miles to go, yes. but you see now where a person can just play whatever. The biggest example I can think of off the top of my head is how Neil Patrick Harris, mm-hmm. for a decade, played a womanizing ladies' man on a sitcom. Yes. And at this exact same time was out and public about it, where if he had done that in the 70s, it would have been like... The end of the world. No, no you can't absolutely. do that. But you see, this is why we call it acting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why they're, they're yes, they're plays. Also, I heard a podcast and they were talking about how speaking of acting, how <laughs> as you call it, how uh, Kubrick is a monster. Yes. Kubrick was a monster. <laughs> yes. And they were talking about because it was Halloween time. They're talking about The Shining and all this kind of stuff, and how he would break people and do 150 takes and break down his actors and make them have nervous breakdowns to get that on screen. Yes. And then you see the modern director, whether it be Edgar Wright or Greta Gerwig or J.J. Abrams or whoever, and they don't do 150 takes. No. And the movie turns out fine. And you're like, oh, yeah, because an actor can be like, you know, okay, I'm crying now. I'm yes. Whatever. And I just think if Kubrick was doing that today, if Kubrick was directing a movie he called didn't. The Shining Today and say Scarlett Johansson was starring in it or whoever, and he was pulling that, it would be like, He'd be in jail. Uh, you're done. <laughs> He'd be in jail, 100%. But speaking of Kubrick and The Shining, I came to see Harold and Maude yesterday. Yes. Which was, as always, absolutely Amazing. hilarious. But I was kind of doing a bit of research about the various actors in the cast of that movie prior to coming to see it. And please forgive me for not remembering the names of these movies or these people, but the kid that plays Harold... Yes was previously, I think in like 1970, in a movie featuring Shelley Duvall. And it was her very first movie. And she hadn't been an actress whatsoever. She was trying to sell her boyfriend's paintings to the director of this movie, who was all like, I'm hiring you for this movie. And I was going through all these pictures of Shelley Duvall at the beginning of the 70s, and she was a very pretty young woman. And I often forget that she's had, like, she had a huge career besides The Shining and Popeye. Like, she was a very... And her downfall... Was uh, essentially uh, Kubrick. Was essentially Kubrick. (laughs) And today, I don't know, have you guys, like, seen the Dr. Phil episode of her being interviewed? She's like a crazy cat lady in the streets of L.A. now and thinking that Robin Williams is shape-shifting and so on and so forth. Yeah, it didn't go well. It didn't go well. But it's so sad that some, like, because Kubrick, I, well, to some extent, did kind of well, break her. I listened to a really great podcast with Malcolm McDowell, and Malcolm yes. McDowell was like, 
during the famous scene of Malcolm McDowell with his eyes pried open, yes. he like hurt him. And oh, Malcolm of McDowell was like, hey, I don't like this. And because he was a young actor, kind of went with it. But his eye got like actually screwed up. Yeah. And so that happened. And then there was some other film that Kubrick was supposed to do. And he had a number of actors ready to go and all this stuff. And people had, you know, changed their schedule around. And then he just didn't do it. And not like an apology, not a, hey, sorry about this. He just basically ghosted a bunch of people. And so he would do that too. And I'm like, well, that's not cool either. So it's funny. It is that separation of art and artist that we don't do anymore or we're, we're trying not to do anymore that at the time you hear stories and it was just like uh hitchcock was a monster old hitch you know yeah and and they're just like but his movies are good but then again this was also in the time period of this studio system and of this like unquestionable power that be right yeah so these actors that was kind of like part of their their world unfortunately and then you hear these brainwashed senior citizen ladies now like angela lansbury (laughs) and i'm paraphrasing but she essentially was like oh this me too movement back in the day that just happened and we were fine (laughs) and you're like no angela Angela. don't say that oh my god that's kind of sad and you're like what happened to you (laughs) oh yeah it's it's unfortunate. And that's why actors so. are like, I don't want my kids to be actors. No, of course <laughs> so. not. Of course not. It, it was a terrifying ball game at the time. Yeah, and so much of that is just the prestige of working with someone like that and the possibility of being up for awards and stuff. So you, you tell yourself it's going to be worth it, but you also don't expect it to be like a like almost like a Dr. Moreau scenario where it just stretches <laughs> yes. on and on and it just literally turns into Never more ending. of a horror than the movie itself. And then you end up being Joan Crawford and... Slippery slope. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you're trogging it up, and like, it's just not good for anyone. So last week I talked about Rocky Horror and how pleased I was with everyone. Yes. So okay, let's let's get into your brain as you were walking <laughs> up mm-hmm. on that first night mm-hmm. when we all kind of thought there was going to be a flash mob and toasters being thrown over. Yes. Place, were you expecting booze? Were you expecting? I was. To be honest with you, I was just fine until i got to the cinema and was putting on my makeup to get into the spirit of things and i was talking to one of your employees Mm -hmm. and this employee was like you know i'm pretty sure people are going to get pissed off (laughs) no no and i was like but what do you mean it's written everywhere we've been over the rules and she's like people don't read sam and i was like oh i guess that's true and that's when i started getting nervous because i assumed (laughs) oh gosh everyone's going to be bringing toast and water guns and they're going to be expecting this but in the end it was people loved it it was spectacular people liked it it was um i was surprised at the amount of people that came yes and also right before the screenings you guys went up to full capacity as well so right. while planning all of this out i had envisioned this being a 70 person mm-hmm. type of affair but there's a couple hundred people sitting down it's i guess the first time in Ottawa, anyways, that I've been in a cinema or a theater that was that packed in a yeah. while. And I mean, with all due respect to the movie itself, I had forgotten how hilarious the movie is just by itself. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so yeah. funny. And it's so good. And it's such a beautiful movie. The colors of it, the staging of it, the costumes. Oh my God. And a little, we were discussing this right before the screenings at some point that it is a B movie and it's, it's kind of like a cult movie in that underground spectrum of things. But if we compare it to something like The Room 
where you kind of need the participation aspect of it to be able to stand on its own two feet. Mm-hmm. Rocky, you can kind of sit back and appreciate the quality of the acting, appreciate the quality of the craftsmanship that went into this movie. People knew what they were doing. And the final product is indeed a very campy musical, but it's still done beautifully and executed to perfection in my, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was I was just so pleased with everybody and, and we mm-hmm. got such great feedback and and again everybody is looking forward to the shadow cast of coming course, back but it's it's a different it's a different experience and one that i don't think will that comes around very often to be able to just sit down and and watch that story even when it's done on stage i've been to numerous stage productions of the rocky horror show and even at the stage productions people still yell out and throw right. the props and so to be able to sit down with a group of people and watch this story in complete silence and really take in what was originally meant to be broadcasted, if you will, uh, in terms of message, is a very rare occurrence in in the world of Rocky Horror. And I'm very thankful and grateful to have had that experience. And I'm sure a lot of people did as well. It's uh... Yeah, and I won't name names, but Lee was in touch with a number of other cinemas Mm -hmm. and it did not go well. How not? How so? Like 20 people showing up. Oh, so we both had great turnouts and respectful people. Yes. And it's another anomaly of the Mayfair because other cinemas did it and people were like, no, we only want to see it if we could dance around and stuff. So it's another great example of our patrons above and beyonding us. Once again, I really don't think you can compare the Mayfair to any other cinema. I mean, the patrons that come here appreciate the grounds on which they are on top of mm-hmm. what they are coming to see. And so it's a community more so than it is a oh, run yeah. of, run-of-the-mill cinema. I went to see... Don't tell the Mayfair. I went to see Eternals last night. Well, well. Don't tell, don't tell. Unbelievable. I didn't pay. So... It was free. It was free. <laughs> oh, here we go. It's not even supporting film anymore, I, right? No, no. <laughs> I, I used points to get in. Oh, like, here we go. But I don't try to be a snob because I like big Hollywood movies. And, and especially now... My friend's kid was like, why are there so many Marvel movies now? And I'm like, well, because there wasn't one for a year and a half. So now they got this backlog. So they're just putting them all out. That's nice. But one, oh my God, so many commercials. Oh God, yes. Holy cow. Four car commercials, mm. uh, a commercial for Amazon, which I'm like, that's not a good idea. You're showing a TV commercial during <laughs> the movie. Sad. So the movie starts half an hour later than it should. The amount of people on their phones during the movie... The amount of people getting up to go do stuff. And then even the most non-nerd of non-nerd knows that Marvel movies always have something after the credits. Yes. Three quarters of the audience leave. So I'm like, they don't even care. Like, every time I go to the multiplex, I'm just like, man, I love the Mayfair, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And you know what? Now that you bring this up, when the restrictions were letting up at first back in the spring, well, in Quebec anyways, I'm, I, mm-hmm. I live in Quebec, so it's a different ballgame. But the cinemas had opened before they had opened in Ontario. So my boyfriend and I went to see M. Night Shyamalan's Whoa, Old, old, yeah. old, which was a very M. Night Shyamalan movie. It was <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. But it was the first time I had gone to a non-Mayfair cinema in like a decade. Right. <laughs> and the amount of trailers that are not cinema related or movie related yeah shocked me i couldn't believe it why are they running a, an ad for ford or amazon why aren't they showing like movie trailers i think I it shows you how much it. trouble they're in not to be yeah, slanderous that's what I'm thinking. but i think it shows you how much money they need to but show like, 10 ads before every movie 
because they aren't making money off of tickets, I guess, you know? Well, that's horrible because back in my day, yeah, you'd go and it was like, and it's like sitting down through the trailers was like part of the experience. Oh, it was yeah. A lot of, I personally would enjoy watching the trailers. Yeah. Like, absolutely. But uh, anyways. Were there good trailers as well? I don't remember. I was, okay. too, I was blinded with rage. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I remember you're 45 minutes in and it goes feature presentation. And I'm not kidding. I'm like. Wait, am I coming to see Eternals or Spider-Man? Like, you forget for a second? Oh, yeah, entirely what you're going to see, 100%. And that's a long movie, too. So it's like, if you were already that far in, and then it's a two-and-a-half-hour movie, it's like, what? Oh. How, when am I leaving here? Like, no, midnight? No, when we left, we got back in my friend's car, and this was right after Daylight Savings Time, and oh, I saw, because no. the movie started at 6.30. Or did and, it? <laughs> and so I saw that his clock said 9.50, and my brain went, Oh, 6.30 to 8.50. That would make sense for a movie. It's a two-hour movie and 20 minutes of commercials. But it wasn't. It was 9.45 because there was half an hour of trailers and it was a two-and-a-half-hour movie or whatever. So, like, seriously, a half hour of trailers. Yeah, like, it was so long. I might be slightly exaggerating, but it it just... It kept going enough that Gwen, like, looked at her watch and, like, shook her head and was like, I can't believe this. And... We have our former projectionist, who now is kind of like technician, mm. but actually goes through and like does sound level stuff and cares about things. These trailers were so all over the place where one would make your ear bleed and the other you couldn't hear. So they're just tossing them on. And then there's a commercial for Eternals before the Eternals. Oh, no. And I'm like, we're oh, here no. already. <laughs> we're coming to see the movie. That's... So that just shows that it's... That just shows it's like a robot, you know? Like they Well, do they have projectionists? Is that still a job? No, that's a whole thing in itself where Lee told me this a couple years ago on the podcast that Cineplex Odeon has, I'm sure it's not just one guy. It's not like Tim, but like <laughs> has a team in Toronto and they program all the Cineplexes in Canada. So they put on the trailer for Coke and they put on, and that's, and so it's just, they don't try very hard, right? So like (laughs) if Eternals is playing, it has the same stuff as in Vancouver or Winnipeg or wherever, but it's one person doing it. So when there's an error, like lighting cue goes up at the wrong time, or there's an Eternals trailer in front of Eternals, Mm. that's why, because Tim made a mistake and (laughs) You're really throwing Tim under a buzzer. Yeah, take that, Tim. (laughs) But so there's nobody there checking things. Actually, that's crazy. And- I noticed they had a, a thing you can rent Cineplex as you do here mm-hmm. to, for a private movie, but you can only pick like a dozen movies because you can only pick what they're playing What's right now. Been programmed. Whereas for us, it's like, oh yeah, bring in a Blu-ray or do whatever. You know, local... you can't just bring in a Blu-ray. No, because they don't have the staff to. Push Plug play. in a Blu-ray player and press play. What are you talking about? Yeah. Man. That's crazy. And that made me go like, that is crazy. So you could go and have a private screening of whatever's out now, happening. like Eternals or <laughs> Halloween or the new uh, Princess Diana movie, whatever they're playing. But you can't huh. just go in and be like, we want to watch Wizard of Oz. Did they make you watch the trailers when you rent it privately? There's I, probably no. an extra fee for you not to. Yeah, because yeah. I'm yeah. wondering. Like, I wouldn't be surprised actually. They, yeah, if they're just actually playing it's the same thing, the exact same stream yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that sucks. That's insane. I, I think the only way you could watch a Blu-ray is when you get one of those tiny kids' rooms that has the little TV on the wall. It's probably well worth it. I, it might be, <laughs> well, but you can look in time. though. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's what I always find weird. I'm like, okay, you're gonna have some kids party and all these creeps are walking by me and like, what are those kids doing? Yeah. Like, well, not that I've ever seen that. Be playing something worth 
the while yeah. of looking into it. Like, I mean, I don't know, like Deep Throat or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, totally. well, Sam uh, rented it for his birthday for his <laughs> exactly. child's room. <laughs> like, this is weird, but it's yeah, worth it. This is a thing. God. This is the perfect segue. This is going to impress Sam. This impressed Eric last week. We've rented ad space on the podcast well someone else rented it from us i mean we didn't rent it that that's just amazing be, yeah it would be a lot better if we had an ad for the podcast in the middle of the podcast, like eternal <laughs> style yeah okay listen to the mainfair podcast it's like, but i that. was so we're gonna take a quick 30 second break and hear from our friends at the enviro center if you come see a movie this month you will also see that ad on the big screen it just makes me feel like a real podcaster by throwing to an ad Maybe next time they'll let us do it ourselves. Maybe. Sam would have been great doing the Enviro yeah. Center ad, but anyway. we still haven't got oh. merch. I want my Enviro yeah. Center T-shirt. <laughs> we need that too. I need a beanie. Okay, we'll be right back. Our actions shape our world and our climate. Sometimes it can be hard to know where we fit into the bigger picture. What exactly do we need to do to address climate change, and how can we get involved in our daily lives? That's where Enviro Center's My Green Lifestyle courses come in. Our courses equip you with the tools you need to take action on climate, whether it's how to reduce your carbon footprint or how to help your city and community meet its climate targets. A green lifestyle is about more than just living lightly. It's about building a better future. Visit our website today to enroll in our courses at mygreenlifestyle.ca. And we're back. Oh, man. Enviro Center stays killing it with this green uh, thing. I should probably learn the word. I'm the worst for the... Ah, the green initiative, I believe it was called. Uh, You're just winging it. I'm Enviro not... Center makes a delicious pizza. Oh, my God. If they did, I'd already be there right now. I did send them the link, and they were impressed with us. Because last week for... I don't know, 10 minutes before and after, we just talked about how impressed we were that we had an ad. I was That's baffled. Great. Like, he's like, oh, yeah. we sold an ad. And I was like, what? Like, someone, what? That's like, crazy. Paying... I want this to keep going. Again, they're a local group. So I'm yeah. like, now we can get other local groups. And... Absolutely. And I, and I do prefer showing an ad right in the middle because it just makes me feel like a grown-up instead of just you saying grown up. stuff. So. I skipped mm. forward to it when I, I still haven't listened to last week's podcast, but I skipped forward <laughs> to the ad part because I wanted to hear what it sounded like. Like It, was, it still throws you off even though I, I was there at the time. But I was yes. like, oh man, I'm listening to the thing we were talking about and they're mentioning the green <laughs> and initiative. Doing or it. That's great. Moving <laughs> yeah. up in the world, guys. Yes. Yeah. So, and I'm thinking like, yeah, they're doing four of these. Maybe for the fifth one, they'll let us do our own scripts. I, mm. I don't think that's going to happen. No. But. But we got Sam here. I mean, yeah, like a, like a I mean, really bad used car ad kind of script. I love it. <laughs> so I love like, it. Sam, hey, Eric, you like Sam, yeah, what do you think about the environment? <laughs> do you love the green initiative? It's like, stop calling it that. That's not what it is. <laughs> like, maybe they'll God, call it that now that you, I keep mentioning it. You sh- Absolutely. You're oh, man. an influencer that way. The Enviro <laughs> yeah. Center. Yes. I love it. Cool. They're great. So anyway, we're trying to get this going that maybe they'll send us some hoodies or something. <laughs> you wanted the beanie. A beanie. Like, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm starting low. And I don't mean a beanie by, like, a toque. I mean the one with the propeller on the top. <laughs> That's so cool. Dennis That's... the Menace all the way. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah. Enviro Center. It's like, why did we buy all of these? Like, that one guy <laughs> wanted one. But anyway. I want carbon emissions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, lower or lower them. I don't know. Hot, Find out what yeah, the, they know that. I don't need yeah, to know yeah, that. Yeah, they yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah. Okay, so let <laughs> us mention the movie screening from November 12th. Through the 18th, 2021, we have two Ottawa premieres. No, holy cow. We have three Ottawa premieres this week Damn. and then one retro film. Whoa. Our retro film is the 50th anniversary of Dirty Harry, which is hilarious. So last week we screened the 50th anniversary of Play Misty for Me. Yeah. What I didn't realize is those two movies came out in the same year. And the funny thing is... When I changed the information on the flyer, I happened to put Dirty Harry in the same space. They're both 102 minutes. 
both United States, both 1971, both the same rating. All I had to do was change the director, Don Siegel, over from Clint Eastwood. That's hilarious. That's that's weird. That's really mm. cool. Well, yeah, you're working with synchronicity and yeah. such. So Dirty Harry, and I read up about it a bit too. Clint Eastwood, despite being Clint Eastwood, especially at the time, was kind of a pacifist. And you could see it in later films, like when he started doing Bridges of Madison County mm. and The Unforgiven, which is kind of the anti-Western. But he didn't want to stumble into being a gun guy. And he had to take special training because he flinched so hard every time he shot the gun. Interesting. And after the movie, ironically, it was supposed to be other actors like John Wayne or somebody. And he was like the young punk taking over the role. And then he got this animosity from the old timers when he started doing these Dirty Harry and Outlaw Josie Wales type movies because they were showing real violence and showing kind of antiheroes. And they were like, no, it's supposed to be like... The West was fun, and we didn't do anything wrong, and heroes are heroes. Oh, God. And so John Wayne would, like, type out a letter to Clint Eastwood. Dear Clint, you should be nicer in your Westerns, you know? Oh, my God. That's, I didn't know about that. Yeah. I had no idea. Because he's, like, you'd imagine he would have been a huge gunslinging. Yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't. And I think, and especially in, like, many of his later Westerns and stuff, you saw that Unforgiven showed... The horrors of the violence and the tragedy of the West. And actually, you bring up, I, of course, they would have, I guess, overlapped, but John Wayne and Clint Eastwood would have existed yeah. at the same time for some, for a few years there. Oh, yeah. Did, had, did they ever do anything together? No, I think John Wayne didn't like him. I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, obviously, but still. Okay. Because, yeah, I think when Clint Eastwood was coming up on TV and then doing the spaghetti westerns, mm-hmm. I would say that's around when John Wayne was, was kind of coming when down they, yeah i think genghis Khan years genghis maybe. Khan years, yeah <laughs> what is the state of western movies today uh i, I mean depends who you really ask i suppose exist. there's yeah, some every- well they just dropped that one the harder they fall yeah which uh, is really uh, cool netflix apparently is great but yeah like they definitely dialed down a lot more but i yeah. think it's Coen like brothers has done a couple in the past mm-hmm. couple years i think it's like like quality over quantity i mean one would hope i yeah. don't really well, watch i was too looking many. into like various around halloween i always look into the like what were popular halloween costumes of the past and in the mm. 50s and 60s the number one like boy halloween costume was john wayne or a right. cowboy of some mm-hmm. sort you would never see a kid dress as a cowboy nowadays. Oh, and like no. anybody no. who thinks there's too many superhero movies now because there's one every two months or whatever, the statistic on westerns at their prime this is like staggering. Where there were like minutes. there was two or three studio westerns Constantly. every Friday. Oh yeah. For like seven or eight years. There was the Joan Crawford one. The oh, Joan yeah. Crawford Johnny Guitar. Yeah. yeah, and such a good one too. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyways, carry on. Carry on. <laughs> okay, so then three Ottawa premieres this week. We have a indigenous Canadian horror film, oh, which what? is pretty cool. I love all those things. Yeah, called Don't Say Its Name. Oh, I saw the poster when I walked in here. Yeah. And I was like, what's this about? And now, it? So now what's you this know. about? No, so, I don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's like a cop story mixed in with mm. possible supernatural whoa. death in a small Canadian indigenous community whoa whoa Swanky. he's saying all the good stuff like yeah. enviro center with the green initiative yeah <laughs> this is amazing and it got really high praise from the fantasia film festival Ooh. and yeah i like it when we play movies like this because yeah. that is the you can't see this movie anywhere and anyone Literally. who complains about there being no original movies i'm like this is like original horror original canadian supporting indigenous stories yeah. come on yeah, yeah. those yes. are there was that one like uh last year the year before i don't know if it was the super grid one 
Maybe not, but there was a there was a similar like uh, yeah. it was that zombie one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't remember the name now, but the indigenous zombie movie that was awesome, mm-hmm. very cool. I wish I knew the name of it to recommend it, but uh, one day <laughs> someone else come up with that. It's fine. So yeah, so that's our Canadian content this week, and then we have the Ottawa premiere of a film called Luzu, which is from Malta, and it is about a. First, I thought it was just a fisherman story. Oh, this one. But yes. it's a fisherman story tied in with a crime genre thing. Smuggling. Where it's they want to smuggle drugs in the fish. Mm. And this poor fisherman who's just clinging on to supporting his family. And trying to survive. And he has to maybe resort to, Go this, into this crime stuff. It looks really cool. I saw it the was, trailer and I was like, yeah. oh, I thought this was just a fish movie. I thought Absolutely. he collaborated with the fish to sell drugs. Like, <laughs> Which this would have is, been hilarious. Uh, can we see that movie as well? Yeah. Like, like he trained the fish? Yeah, like Coke Pike or something. Like, cool. I, don't know. Like, I might have no, to make it myself. I saw the trailer for that yesterday while watching Harold and Maude, and it looked very intense. Like, the trailer starts off, and you're like, ooh, a it's fish a fish story. Yeah, then fish. by the end of it, you're like, oh my god. Yeah. Hardcore. That's and I think it's like, it's not a true story exactly, but it's based on true events of like, mm. of that kind of thing where yeah. they smuggle drugs or guns amongst a fishing truck, a fish truck. Thank God. God, someone's doing <laughs> it. God, that's insane. Well, there's a movie, there's a comedy actually called Wrong Cops, which is actually hilarious. But there is one of the things. There's a cop selling drugs, and, and again, it's comedy. But he delivers them in fish, so it doesn't seem suspicious. So when people buy from him, he's like, "Here you go," and it's just like a fish stuffed with drugs, and they're Not like, "What the hell am I gonna do with this fish?" He's like, "What? I don't know. Get out of here. Go smoke your drugs." Like what? Don't so figure it's, it out. Yeah, it's weird. Like this is like a non-comedy version of that exact story. Is how I am choosing to look at this. I think. Seth Rogen bought the rights to a Canadian, it's the most Canadian crime story ever, but it was black market maple syrup. Ooh. And it actually elevated into gunplay and backstabbing and car chases and cops. Well, that happened. Yeah. Like, that actually happened. Yeah. There's this reserve of maple syrup between Montreal and Quebec. Like a Fort Knox of maple syrup? Yes. And it's like, it's a very serious thing. There's like billions of dollars worth of like... And there was, a few years ago, this crime organization that tried to get saucy with it, and it failed miserably, but there is a black market for maple syrup in Canada. That movie's going to be awesome. And I, think I think it's fantastic. Yeah, this and sounds it sounds good. like a joke. Like it a, does. Like a bunch it of does. Canadians in plaid with toques well, like, smuggling syrup. Who are you going syrup. to sell this syrup to? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and what, like, do you have your containers or something? Like, what do you... Do you sell it in wine bottles that you found? Like, like, what... And apparently, there's the same kind of, like, issue with cheese. Black market designer cheese that exists. <laughs> I can't even... Isn't it beautiful? The like, they chop it up and snort the cheese. You're like, this Absolutely. is starting to get a little weird. Absolutely. Like, at the Ritz. Anyways. <laughs> Oh, Blood Quantum, by the way. That was the name Blood of the, Quantum. the indigenous that was really zombie good movie. movie. Yeah, watch. we had that when we were doing our weird Mayfair video store during lockdown. Oh, yeah, that's what yeah, it was. That, yeah, that, that was, was cool. Yeah, that was a good movie. Then our last movie this week, I cannot believe, not to disparage us, but I cannot believe we got the Ottawa premiere of this movie and that the multiplexes didn't want this movie. Eternals. We have the Ottawa premiere of a movie called Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So just listen to the pitch on this movie. It's... From the Tony Award-winning team of director Lin-Manuel Miranda, who did Hamilton, Mm -hmm. the screenwriter is Stephen Levinson, who did Dear Evan Hansen, and it's based on the story of Jonathan Larson, who did Rent. So these three Tony Award-winning giants have gotten together. Jonathan Larson is, of course, passed away, have gotten together to make this movie, 
and it's getting giant buzz. And it's also produced by Ron Howard and Brian Grazer, who are Oscar oh, wow. winners, and starring Andrew Garfield, who's an Oscar nominee. Damn. And we get this movie first, and it's a big, a bittersweet, heartbreaking epic about this guy who made one of the most legendary musicals. musicals. And it's just about him just struggling to being be, to in the trenches it. Yeah. and and it well, looks really good. Well, the composer of Hamilton was in a very similar story as well, yes. right? Yeah, that's I'm so surprised that it's not being picked up by these other It's amazing. Well, they're too busy playing the Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. pre-programming yeah. in <laughs> Toronto for yeah. some other stuff, yeah. Jesus, well that's going to be a very exciting flick. I think it'll be good I, big I'll... for us. And then Hamilton is coming to Ottawa in January. Oh, who's got time for Hamilton? Duh. Yeah. <laughs> so no, but if you're going to see Hamilton, yeah, yeah, you got to yeah, come true. see this first. Absolutely, absolutely. The it's George Hamilton the... biopic, as I believe it is. I'm not sure. No. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I'm just trying to... I didn't. Even, I honestly thought this movie was about like a bomb specialist, and I now feel like a complete moron that you guys are like, yeah, the well-known story of this <laughs> yeah. playwright, producer type character. I'm like, yes, yes, of course. Of course, of course as you put on your monitor. <laughs> yeah, like, probably should have done some research about it. But let me tell you about Enviro Center. <laughs> like, that I know. I would have seen Hamilton in an alternate universe if COVID hadn't happened. We had tickets for June 2020. Now, fingers crossed, we're going to see it in January 2022. You have your tickets? We have our tickets still. That's and, crazy. And they man. just bumped us to That's you know, fantastic. Bin. And there were some people, never read message boards, but there were some people like <laughs> angry at the NAC. And I'm like, there's a pandemic. <laughs> what not, else are you going like, to do? The NAC is actually putting up Cats. Cats is touring. And I thought that a very ballsy move to put on yeah. cats on the heels of cats <laughs> on the heels of cats and it's like it's touring across canada and the u.s which i was like okay okay that's i can't i could talk for three podcasts about how glad i was to see cats at the mayfair mm. and what a bonkers movie it is i haven't seen it oh my god i've seen it on stage a few times the movie but is I, bonkers it, i've yeah. seen bits and pieces and it looks horrifying and you can feel the audience uh, in the Mayfair uh, going like, what is this? Yeah, and pretty instantly, like, too. Like, yeah. within five minutes, you're but just sort of confused. the cast is, like, superb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The cast is, like... In and at most point, things, they are. But in this, they are less superb. I would love an honest DVD commentary with Judy Dench and Idris Ilba and Ian McKellen. And them going, like, it was day four when I realized <laughs> that this was a train wreck. On stage... You can suspend your disbelief a bit more yes. that there's somebody in cat pajamas with face paint on yes. singing to you. And there's... Yes. On the screen with these creepy CG people. Costumes, yes. And a plot line that is... There is no plot. Really weird. There is no plots to cats. And the beauty of seeing it on stage is that you're seeing these people dance incredibly complex choreographies while singing, while being in these awkward costumes. Like, it demands skill. Whereas to see this on screen where they've cut it and edited it and you're not... Anyways, I could go on about this for a while, yeah. but... You should see it, though. You, like, you should. I a, will. I Yes, yes. I'll, I'll get myself... Uh, yeah, yeah, some of those... A couple like, of beverages. Or some of those fish drugs. Oh, God, yeah. Yes. That's what you fish need. Drugs from yes. It's like once he gets that and Coke pipe... If you're going to be watching Cats, might as well be having the fish drugs. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only way, you know, some filet of fish, <laughs> of what we call fish. You Your know. Coke pipe. Yeah. It's fine. It's yes, fine. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so that's it for this week. Exciting. We should wrap things up because I think is your dad like yeah. waiting in the car? My outside? dad's at Black Squirrel Books, so oh, okay. like in a Lucky. way, like the longer he's there, the more likely he'll support independent business. Maybe <laughs> yes. I don't know. I can't guarantee that. Maybe he's uh, you know he's buying books about fish drugs. I don't know. Totally. I don't know what he does. <laughs> and then I got to go home because I was supposed to meet my uncle at my house at two, 
and he got there before we started recording and i'm like okay i'll be there as soon as i can he's like yeah no worries but it's like you're doing okay it's 138 oh that's still good yeah yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah i could still be there punctually and say what it's two o'clock yeah shouldn't have shown up an hour early bud that's what i'd say yeah <laughs> unless you like your uncle no maybe just let it go and then don't make eye contact yeah just ever the door. <laughs> okay thanks for listening everybody we can be found at mayfairtheater.ca and at all the social media stuff for upcoming films we got more Clint Eastwood Fest stuff coming up. We got Fright Night. We got mm. the 20th anniversary of Mulholland Drive. Which is great. Um, and new stuff we don't know, but there's stuff circling. But we post it as soon as we do know. Thanks, Sam, for dropping by. Thank you for mm-hmm. having me, guys. And we'll be back next week with another exciting edition of the Mayfair Theater Podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I finally found discount Halloween candy. Oh, I no. went to enough shoppers that I was able to get my giant bag of Tootsie Rolls, so I'm set now. Just Yay. shut up, Eric. Yes, I'm set for two days. <laughs> Clint Eastwood is Dirty Harry. Tough guy, Dirty Harry. In the last 24 hours, Harry's been stomped, shot at, bludgeoned, knocked unconscious, and had some ribs broken. Call an ambulance, will you? Of course, in the last 24 hours, Harry has also extracted two confessions, picked a jumper off a roof, stopped a bank robbery during his lunch hour, and blown two people to bits. Tough man, Dirty Harry. Clint Eastwood is Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry from Warner Brothers, a Kinney company. Rated R. Restricted. Under 17, not admitted without parent. Clint Eastwood is Dirty Harry. You don't assign him to murder cases. You just turn him loose.